0: agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right. Hey, everybody. I am Crystal Heath. Thanks for joining us today for The Frittle Show, wherever you are listening. SoundCloud, KVXL, 101.1 FM here in Las Vegas, iTunes, iHeartRadio. We are on all the things, so be sure to go and find us there. I want to clarify a few things before we jump into the program today, which we're going to talk about. my pillow and it's new competition. We're gonna talk about tents and when they are not actually tents, because apparently that is a thing now. We'll talk Tom Brady. There is so much happening this week, but I'm gonna try and keep this one shorter. I know the last few episodes have gotten really long, so I'm gonna try and try and pull it in a little bit. But we'll see. No promises. No promises. So two things right off the bat. A lot of people had reached out to me after my podcast last week because we had talked about what was happening at that point with GameStop, or GameStop stock and stocks in general, altcoins and things of that nature. Um, and I just want to, again, share with you some of what I've shared with people this week that have asked me about it. The first is, like I mentioned in last week's program, I am not by any means a financial advisor, okay? I just read a lot of stuff, research a lot of stuff, and listen to my brothers who read and research a lot of stuff. So I, I don't have... Financial advice for you necessarily. Um, I'm not an advisor. I will say the younger you can start, the better. That's not, you know, that's not science fiction. Like if you go Google it, if you're in your late teens, start investing now, and it's just it's incredible what your future can look like if you are able to start putting money aside while you are in your mid to late teens and early twenties. The the possibilities if you can start investing in a 401k or find something with Fidelity or something like that. Um, is there's some some real potential there? So that would be where you know where I would be encouraging you to look more so than even uh, to the stock market. Now, if you're into like the whole reddit thing and that's something you can track or if you have a Twitter account and you're able to follow um, you know some some different Twitter accounts like Wall Street bets or, or different ones and you want to dabble in that. Hey. You know, like I said in the last program, that's <laughs> that's your prerogative to do it or not do it. Just remember, what goes up comes down, and what goes down oftentimes comes up. So, just just be careful. Um, again, not a financial advisor, not a financial expert. But if you can't put food on your table, if you can't pay your bills, if you can't you know, pay for your college education or whatever education you need for your career. Because I have no problems with trade schools and stuff. In fact, I think we need more of that sort of thing. But just need to prioritize your spending. Set a little aside, saving. You should always be saving whenever possible. But make sure you're able to take care of your responsibilities first. Okay. So that's my that's my thoughts on that. It is interesting. Uh, Elon Musk got into the Doge coin game on Twitter, and that uh, has propelled Doge coin today. Has done uh, pretty well lingering at five six cents and you're like pretty well, yeah, because just like a week ago it was like what was it like two tenths of a cent or something so if you bought in doji when it was really low, and I have a friend who did I mean wow anyhow um and then uh I've also gotten I wanted to clarify i The way my social media works is I generally, I'm not going to accept a a friend request from someone on Facebook to my personal Facebook account unless I know you personally and we interact regularly and like we're friends in real life. And I know that uh, that's not how a lot of people do social media these days. I do. I have a very limited friend list on social media, not because I don't have The option to have thousands of friends on my Facebook page, but just because that's how I've chosen to use Facebook. Facebook I use in a much more personal manner than I think many people do. So for me, it's not a place where I do... Um, you know, outreach or where I just hang out with acquaintances or friends casually. Facebook, uh, for me, is a place where I share a lot more personal things than I would with the general public or or people that I don't know well. So please don't be offended, but if we don't interact in person on a regular basis, I I have had a a barrage of of friend requests over the last several weeks um, for a number of different reasons, and I just... um, just wanted to clarify that so if, if you want to interact with me on social media the ways to do that I have a public Facebook page and a Twitter page at the friddle and I, I try to interact there as much as I can I really don't do private messages and direct messages there uh, often just because of the amount of spam that uh, that I've found there but uh, you know when I'm able to I try to interact um, I I because of different things happening in life right now, I'm not able to be on social media as much as I have been in the past. So again, if, if you're there and trying to interact and I haven't been able to get back with you as quickly as I may have previously, don't worry. Um, I have not dropped off the face of the earth. I just have to prioritize some different things in my life right now because of different work responsibilities and home responsibilities that are taking a lot of time and in a good way. I am, I am so blessed right now and God has been ridiculously good to me. Um, so, I'm just I, that's that's just a just wanted to clarify those two things right off the bat because I've encountered that a lot this week of people with social media and just a flood of of friend requests and then also uh about the the financial stuff so all right, all that said, let's dive into the program shall we so so you may have heard. Um, Mike Lindell, my pillow. you know, he got kind of close to the Trump administration there. He claims that he has a smoking gun that's going to prove all of the election theories, or conspiracy theories, whatever you want to call them. Um, Lindell says that he has the answers. He was on Eric Metaxas' show uh, talking about that. He's supposed to be releasing some kind of statement, I think, tomorrow, uh, Friday, February 5th. I think he's supposed to come out with something, so... Lindell has gotten close to the Trump administration and as a result there have been many on the left who have looked upon this disfavorably. But beyond simply calling out Mike Lindell for his political uh, views we now have (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't even take this seriously You guys know who David Hogg is? Now, I don't negate in any sense, you know, he, he and his friends lived through an absolutely horrific, tragic uh, event with the loss of their friends and what happened uh, at their high school. But sometimes I think that we give platforms to, we make celebrities really quickly in this country. Let's just put it that way. Alright? You know, I, I kind of miss, like, the olden days where, you know, you actually had to be able to sing to become a singer. And there wasn't auto-tuning and all this other different stuff. Like, there was real talent that went into... Like, it, Like I love watching Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin. Like, the amount of talent. The comedy. The music. The tap dancing. The, the, the... Just the skill level. Was off the charts. In days gone by. Back in the good old days. The good old days were before I was born, apparently. What does that tell you? I don't know. But anyhow... We have, um, David Hogg has become a, a celebrity for the left, uh, following the shooting at Parkland, and, um, he has decided, along with a friend of his, a guy named William Legate, who is apparently a software engineer, to launch their own pillow company to compete with Mike Lindell. <laughs> and this is not the Babylon Bee. Like, I just, I just love this. And so, so Hogg tweets about it, uh, and he, he, his Twitter, you can read about it, it says, Mike the My Pillow guy is commenting on his soon-to-be, pro- and he used the wor- wrong version of the word too, by the way, T-O-O, soon to be, soon also be, I don't know, soon-to-be progressive competition in the form of a progressive pillow company, William Legate and I are starting. This pillow fight just got very real, William Legate, because... Tagging him once was not enough. Then he continued. Key parts of the company. Union made in America to create good jobs that support American families. A.K.A. He's not going to make any money off of this endeavor. Uh, Have an emphasis on supporting progressive causes. Uh, This is not not earth-shattering. Most companies do support progressive causes. Uh, Not attempt a white supremacist overthrow of the United States government so you can sleep at night. So basically what Hogg is saying is that Mike Lindell is a white supremacist who single-handedly attempted to overthrow the U.S. government. Still waiting for the source files on that one. Uh, His thread continues, As I worked with William Legate, I'm in an advisory role for the company to focus on school as this is happening. So I was like, okay, uh, let's go see this William Legate guy. What's he about? Well, I went to his Twitter page, And it says, you're blocked. You cannot follow or see William Legate's tweets. I don't know what I've ever done to William Legate. As far as I know, I've never heard of him. Never interacted with him. Never anything. But apparently he doesn't like me for some reason. So, I really can't tell you anything about William Legate. I could Google him elsewhere, but Twitter was my resource for this. So, you know, he decided he didn't want any of you to know about him today. So, I'm not going to tell you about him because I am blocked. But anyway, uh, David Hogg tweeted, William Legate and I are going to prove that progressives can make a better pillow, run a better business, and help make the world a better place while doing it. We will have the name announced soon, but we need to get through the legal process of trademarking as so on. He said his goal is to sell $1 million worth of product within their first year. Mike isn't going to know what hit him. This pillow fight is just getting started. So on one hand, he's basically telling you that Nobody that's a progressive has ever made a better pillow than Mike Lindell's before. No one that's a progressive has ever run a business better than Mike Lindell before. Or, you know, that's a progressive has make the world, uh, helped make the world a better place. Like, liter- William Legate and I are going to prove that progressives can make a better pillow, run a better business, and help make the world a better place. What you are insinuating in that sentence is that progressives have never managed to accomplish any of these things before. I'm not here to comment on whether or not that's true. I'm just saying the phraseology of how you present your thoughts in sentences does matter. And the Biden administration knows this really well. You may have memory of when Donald Trump was president. And the left put him on blast for what were termed to be uh, tent cities. The New York Post pointed out that the Trump administration faced considerable criticism over its use of temporary shelters, also known as tent cities, in towns across the southern border. NBC News in 2018 reported that separating migrant kids from their parents will cost the administration more than placing them in permanent structures or keeping them with their parents. Again, saying that the tents were a bad idea. And you remember it. There was a photo and an article about kids being kept in cages to say that Donald Trump was heartless. And that photo and article were, of course, actually from 2014 when Obama was president. But Democrats and the media uh, focused in on these facilities where migrants were held to, to put the Trump administration on blast repeatedly. So now we have a new administration. The New York Times had an article this week, February the 1st, titled, Separated Families, a Legacy Biden Has Inherited from Trump. They said that separated families are now demanding restitution, mental health services, and green cards as compensation. But you know, the Obama administration also separated families. And in 2019, Sam Vinegrad, a former member of Obama's National Security Council, defended her former boss's policy, saying the separations were for their protection. She said, quote, When President Obama separated children from their families, Wolf, uh, she's on Wolf Blitzer's show on CNN, or from adults, Wolf, it was just for their protection. It was if there was a risk of trafficking or other kind of harm that might have been incurred. Uh, but even if he did do that, why is Donald Trump saying that two wrongs make a right? Again, Obama wasn't wrong. <laughs> But so he's saying that because something happened under President Obama, he's repeating it, and up in the ante. this pretty incredible excuse. He, syst- he, syst- uh, he systemized that inhumane treatment that, again, Obama was doing to protect the children. So, there's no evidence to, s- to support this woman's claim that every single separation that happened under Obama was to get children away from traffickers, and every separation that happened under Trump was for racist reasons. In fact, a Senate report from January 2016 found that while Obama was president, the Department of Health and Human Services has actually given more than a dozen immigrant children to human traffickers because of uh, failing to adequately conduct background checks. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go read the report. It's called Protecting Unaccompanied Alien Children from Trafficking and Other Abuses, the Role of the Office of Refugee Resettlement, Staff Report, Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, United States Senate. Okay, you can go look that up. So, Obama administration staffers say, yeah, we separated children from their families, but we only did it for their protection. Yeah, Donald Trump did it too, but he definitely wasn't doing it for their protection. He was doing it because he's a racist. And then when Trump had, had kids in what they called tent cities, it was a terrible, terrible thing. And the Trump administration was regularly put on blast for this. Well, the Biden administration, solving all the world's problems, has announced that they are going to use semi-permanent soft-sided structures to house migrant children. Talk about messaging nonsense. They're opening a facility that can accommodate up to 700 migrant children. They're calling it a temporary influx care facility. Initially, the Carrizo Springs ICF will accommodate approximately 700 children in hard-sided structures. According to the White House, additional semi-permanent soft-sided capacity may be added if necessary (laughs) So we will always prioritize placing children in hard-sided structures over semi-permanent structures. So, literally, this entire complex is semi-permanent soft-sided structures. And they're considering adding additional semi-permanent soft-sided structures. But don't worry, we will always prioritize hard-sided structures. But this facility is only soft-sided semi-permanent structures. In case you haven't caught on, allow me to explain a semi-permanent soft-sided structure is a tent. It's a tent. They're putting the children in tents. Oh <laughs> you see I, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna can I put a tent outside and then put a listing on Zillow or something that says for sale, semi-permanent soft-sided structure. I mean, this is, this is marketing madness. The Trump administration was put on blast for what were called tent cities in towns across the southern border, and yet you literally have Joe Biden building a tent city. But no one's talking about it because the messaging is, we will prioritize hard-sided structures. But by the way, this facility, though, this facility is only going to be semi-permanent, soft-sided structures. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It does say there will be some hard-sided structures. There will be some hard-sided structures. What a relief. What a relief. And when the hard-sided structures are full, then we will have additional semi-permanent soft-sided capacity. Tents. We will have tents. Oh my goodness. Oh, and by the way, uh, hundreds have been deported under Joe Biden. The non-racist president. I thought all deportations. <sighs> but uh, one of the, those deported under Biden includes uh, one of the witnesses to the El Paso Walmart shooting. Did you know that? According to ABC7 in New York, President Joe Biden's administration has deported hundreds of immigrants in its early days despite his campaign pledge to stop removing most people in the United States illegally at the beginning of his term. A federal judge last week ordered the Biden administration not to enforce a 100-day moratorium on deportations, but the ruling did not require the government to schedule them. In recent days, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement has deported immigrants to at least three countries, 15 people to Jamaica on Thursday, and 269 people to Guatemala and Honduras on Friday. More deportation flights are scheduled for Monday. It's unclear how many of these people are considered national security or public safety threats or had recently crossed the border illegally. The priority under new guidance that the Department of Homeland Security issued to enforcement agencies that took effect on Monday. Some of the people put on the flights may have been expelled, which is a quicker process than deportation under a public health order that former President Donald Trump invoked during the coronavirus pandemic and that Biden has kept in place. Well, well, well. In the border city of El Paso, Texas, immigration authorities on Friday deported a woman who witnessed the 2019 massacre at a Walmart that left 23 people dead. She had agreed to be a witness against the gunman and has met with the local district attorney's office, according to her lawyers. But she was pulled over last Wednesday for a broken brake light, detained based on previous traffic warrants, then transferred to ICE, which deported her before she could reach her attorney, uh, according to Melissa Lopez, executive director of the nonprofit Diocesan Migrant and Refugee Services, which represents her. She's only be, The woman is only being identified by her first name because she fears for her safety in Juarez, a city across the U.S.-Mexico border from El Paso that's known for violence and gang activity. So, look, I just think that we should have some consistency. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, and I'm sure that's probably not a politically correct thing to say anymore. However, it is uh, not at all shocking but the way we respond to what the things that were done in the Trump administration, the Joe Biden administration is doing the exact same things, and we're not even calling a spade a spade anymore. I would argue we probably never were. But it is just so incredibly blatant. By the way, CNN's ratings have dropped 44% since President Trump left the White House. And uh, UNLV here in Las Vegas... Obviously, UNLV is recommending that students double mask to provide more protection against the coronavirus. According to Fox 5, our very own here in the city, it's more common that people are wearing cloth masks, but if they can wear a paper one or a surgical mask underneath the cloth mask, that's ideal, said UNLV School of Medicine professor of surgery Dr. Deborah Cools to Fox 5. She said that two masks can be better than one because they fill any gasp- gaps that the first mask may not cover on your face. Wearing a cloth cloth mask, I cannot speak today. With an N95 mask over works well too. Because you know, why would you ever want to breathe, or worry about bacterial pneumonia from your multiple masks? Health experts now say that if you're not wearing two masks, a double-layered mask is the next best option. Health officials warn against double masks for people with severe breathing problems. Okay, I know this is going to be a really unpopular thing to say. But I... I, You can go and study the science of it. And you can say that, yeah, you know, when you sneeze, particles go everywhere. But if you sneeze with a mask on, the particles don't go as far. Okay, cool. But go look at the studies of people that have gotten COVID despite wearing masks. Okay. Or despite being around people that are wearing masks. Look at all the cases of individuals who never left their homes and still managed to get COVID. Uh, you can even look at the who. Who. Last. Let me see if I can find this real quick here. I um, do some real fast researching. Um, uh, I thought I favorited it. I can't find. Someone had recently retweeted. I don't remember if it was the CDC or who. In February of 2020, I believe it was February 2020, talking about when you need to wear a mask. I found a similar one, but it's not the one I was looking for. But uh, the World Health Organization tweeted out on March 1st of 2020 an infographic on when you should use a mask. It says, for healthy people, wear a mask only if you are taking care of a person with suspected coronavirus infection. Wear a mask if you are coughing or sneezing. Masks are effective only when used in combination with frequent hand cleaning with alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. If you wear a mask, then you must know how to use it and dispose of it properly. Okay. Americans do not know how to dispose of masks properly. So, then, the qualifier... (laughs) We are not abiding by, so we'd probably be better off for the entire world if we weren't wearing them, according to this. And in, in March of last year... If you were healthy, then you, you didn't need to wear one unless you were taking care of a person with a suspected coronavirus infection. You might say, yeah, but look at all the things that have happened since then with the COVID. Look, I... The science, quote-unquote, of a mask is incredibly sketchy. If you have to wear a mask when you walk through the door of the restaurant, but by the time you sit down, the virus can no longer get you. Okay. There's a lot of stuff about the masks that is just... mm. And I gotta say... And some people aren't gonna like this. But... You know... I don't think that God intended for us to put a mask over our face. I think he... You know... That was not... I, I think that... There's a reason why... A smile can light up a room. There's a reason why a smile is contagious. Why yawns are contagious. Why when you take a picture, you smile. Okay? We are social beings. And the main component to our sociality, if that's a word, is facial expressions. Which now are being masked. And I just, I, I, I think that that's it's just sad. And I feel it's leading to even greater forms of, of depression and angst and anxiety and fear in our culture. I mean, th- think about it. If you ever walked into a bank wearing a mask prior to 2020, you were going to turn some heads. This was not something that was considered acceptable because you're concealing your identity. You're hiding yourself. Why? Why would you do this? And then there's the whole issues of health problems with wearing masks and bacterial pneumonia, not to mention environmental problems, because we don't know how to dispose of them properly. So, you know, I think that the time of the mask has come, and I hope that it goes soon. Because I think the time of the mask needs to end. The other thing that needs to end is Tom Brady's trips to the Super Bowl. And I am not pleased with the Bills for causing me to have to root for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl. Because I absolutely cannot root for the Chiefs. I am a Broncos fan. Chiefs are in the AFC West. We must keep the Chiefs, at least for another year, from tying the Broncos AFC winning record of three Super Bowls. We just don't want that. If you're a real Broncos fan, and this has been scientifically proven via polls of the Broncos fandom, Broncos fans don't want Chiefs to win. Like, we don't like Tom Brady, but the dislike for the Chiefs is far stronger than the dislike for Tom Brady. It's kind of like when you had to go into the election booth and vote for the one that was a lesser of two evils. Is that not a good... Is that not a good uh, analogy? (laughs) It might be, though, because poor Tom Brady... I can't believe I have to defend Tom Brady. Like, this is... L- leftists have caused me great distress because now I have to defend Tom Brady and I have to go and find the article. So I'm just going to keep talking like I know what I'm talking about until I get to it. Where is it at? Oh, by the way, we need to talk about um, WandaVision. Uh, here we go. USA Today. Opinion piece. Tom Brady has gotten an undeserved pass for his past support of Donald Trump. This is how the article reads. Tom Brady was happy to talk politics until he wasn't. The Make America Great Again hat in his locker, the flippant endorsement of then presidential candidate Donald Trump, only when those ties became inconvenient did Brady decide he wanted to stick to sports and that he preferred to be a beacon of positivity rather than delve into society's thorny ills. How mighty white of him. Brady's ability to enter and exit the debate at his choosing to shield himself from accountability is the height of white privilege. As this country grapples with the far reaches of systemic racism, look no further than Brady, for whom the expectations and allowances granted will always be different. Whiteness is the benefit of the doubt, said David Leonard, author of Playing While White, Privilege and Power, On and Off the Field. When Tom Brady says, I was just given the hat, or he's just a friend of mine, or when he skips the White House and says, I had a different engagement, he gets the benefit of the doubt. He gets to be an individual. Huh. And once upon a time, when he was asked about his Make America Great Again hat, he uh, uh, asked if his old golfing buddy had what it took to be president. He said, I hope so. That would be great. <sighs> this came about because Shannon Sharp, who by the way was a fantastic football player, I cheered for him. He was a Bronco. But he was on what was he on? the the skippin' shannon, whatever their whatever their program is called. The one where they yell at each other all the time. Uh he said if a prominent black athlete ever said Minister Farrakhan is just my friend, they try to cancel anybody with just the mere mention of Farrakhan's name. Of course, <laughs> comparing Trump to Farrakhan is not exactly, in my opinion, and I mean, call me crazy, but the known anti-Semite, homophobic leader of the Nation of Islam, um, you know, maybe maybe that guy's just got a little bit more going on than, uh, than President Trump has, and maybe we don't cancel Tom Brady because rather than wanting to get into the weeds and cause a big fuss, he says, you know what, I'm just I'm just not gonna, I'm gonna choose not to talk about it. And we'll stick to sports. Isn't that phenomenal? The left is all the time saying, well, they say the athletes should just stick to sports. They should just stick to sports. They shouldn't bring their politics into sports. Well, here's an athlete who says, you know what, I'm just going to stick to sports. And the left is all like, Whoa, how dare you just stick to sports? And by the way, he would be on the side of the people that would be saying, oh, we'll just, what if the athletes just stick to sports? So here's a guy doing what he's, practicing what he's preaching, and he's getting put on blast for it. I can't believe I have to defend Tom Brady. <sighs> Blasted liberals. And don't get me wrong, Tom Brady is a weird guy. Like, he is a weird guy. I'm not even going to talk about the weirdness that he and his family are into when it comes to, to religion and just strange stuff, Okay? Um. Strange. So I'm not I'm not here to defend Tom Brady as a person, but when it comes to Tom Brady saying, you know what, I don't want to talk about the politics of it. Guess what? This is America. He's allowed to support Donald Trump if he wants to, and no, Donald Trump did not lead an insurrection against the Capitol building. And yeah, there's a whole lot of questions that still need to be answered about what did happen on that day and no aoc's life was actually not in danger although she is complaining about the puniness of the fences that they put around the capital but remember fences don't do any good and that's why we don't have one on our southern border and with that said thanks everyone for being with us today hope you'll join us again next week same time not really because this show comes out thursday friday whenever i have a chance to record it but once a week Uh, but same place whether you're listening to us on itunes soundcloud iHeartRadio, 101.1 FM here in Las Vegas. Thanks so much for being with us. Share our podcast with your friends. Send me your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at The Frittle. If you're here in Las Vegas, join us for church on Sunday. It's tailgate Sunday, so it's really cool to be able to actually wear your jersey to uh, church, and not only that, but you won't be the only one wearing your jersey to church. You might be the only one wearing a Brady jersey to church. Actually, no, because bandwagon people. Anyhow. But our seniors, if you're you're here in Vegas, you should come to Liberty this Sunday morning, if only to eat the tacos that our seniors are selling to support their missions trip uh, that's coming up this summer. There's going to be some fantastic deals on tacos, so bring a little bit of extra cash with you. Grab some tacos on your way out. Enjoy your Super Bowl weekend, and we will see you again next week.